Welcome everyone to episode 13. We're taking you all to church today. Get ready. <laughs> um, so I think it's so funny because I put on my Instagram story and on Go Call Your Sister's Instagram story so many times like, hey guys, let me know topics you want to hear just to make sure we're like, you know, listening and engaging with what our listeners want. And I'm not even kidding you. Probably 99.9% have been like, talk about dating, talk about breakups. Well, it's just such a relevant topic for whatever age you are. You know, you're either talking to someone, dating someone, breaking up with someone, living your best single life, but you're still wanting to like reflect. So yeah, I, it's definitely, and it's so crazy because in my own life, I've been having some like relationship tiffs this week and I was just thinking to myself, like laughing the other day. I was like, I mean, how typical we're having Justine come on. We've been looking forward to this episode for so long. Oh, yeah. It's been on the calendar for months, so I'm really excited. Yeah, and I think that it's really just on point for both of us right now, just the different things that we talked about, and it could not have come at a more perfect time. Yeah, and I think that it's like you just need to hear from someone who's like certified. You know, you might believe (laughs) it a little bit more because like I feel like you hear such good advice from your friends or family, but you know, Justine, she has an amazing Instagram page. We're going to tag her Instagram um, at the show notes here, but she has so much good advice that, and I think in this episode, we just really covered such a broad range of topics, like no matter what kind of relationship you find yourself in right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love what she said about how to tell when you found the one She described it as you should feel safe, secure, and like yourself. You should feel like yourself and not like you're trying to act like anything else. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you know what? That really clicked with me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's break down like the relationships that we've been on. I'm not going to like, obviously, we're not going to like name names and throw shade, (laughs) but I will ask you this. So how many times have you felt like you've ever been like in love in your life? Three. Okay. Okay. Maybe two. I think probably two. And what point of your life was that? I think both were in college. Mm -hmm. I think for me, though, and and like early adulthood, I don't know. I haven't dated someone in a long time that I was like in love with. But I I talked about this on the episode. But for me, I think that I just move so quickly and like I don't like to sit with those painful feelings. So whenever I did – you know, go through a breakup or something. I've, I've dated people for like a long period of time and then we've broken up and I've immediately moved on. And it wasn't until like I started going to therapy and like really sitting with my emotions and like how I was feeling that I started to feel that grieving process over that relationship mm-hmm. because I had never really allowed myself to like really sit with it and dig into it, Yeah, which I think is so interesting. Absolutely. I don't know, like my biggest problem, I don't really have that problem because I kind of sit with my emotions for like almost too long sometimes where it's like, okay, get up, sis, like got to move now. Mm -hmm. But my biggest problem is that I love the idea of people and I love like, I guess the the kinds of boys that I like, I love their lifestyle. I like what they do. Mm -hmm. I like what we get to do together. It's like, I almost like everything about them except for like, sometimes who they actually are. Like I will come up with these crazy fantasies in my head and make up like a whole new person. Like that they are not like even relatively similar to. And I'm like, we are going to do this. Well, you know, my number one piece of dating advice. What? I've always said it. I, you always say block them. Okay. Besides block them. Besides block them. You can't date potential. Oh yes. Yeah. 
I agree. I get so wrapped up in like what they can be and like what you can become together and like all the things you could do together. But then Mm -hmm. it's like, we're not actually doing those things and you're not actually this person. And like at the rate this is going, you never will be. Yeah. (laughs) Am I dating you now or am I dating the illusion of you in 10 years? And it honestly does both of you a disservice because they'll never measure up and you'll always be disappointed. Yeah. Guys, if you don't know me and Allie on like a very personal level – let me just paint the picture. So I'm the kind of person, if I'm dating you, I'm like, I love you. Like you could wrong me, but I just believe the best in you. And I, and like, I think as I've gotten older, I'm kind of correcting some of those behaviors, but Allie is like ruthless. Like if I ever go to her for relationship advice, she's like, absolutely not. Like, I feel like you're so to the point and I kind of get so caught up. Like I'm literally running and I'm like thinking about like the family we're going to have and all the things we're going to do. And I, I have to stop myself and be like, oh my gosh, like open. No, I, I've become that way because I, I used to do that. I still do sometimes. I let like my imagination like run wild and then mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, whoa, just reel it in. Rain it but in, I think it's just important to be like, okay, am I dating you or the person down the road? And it's not that I'm ruthless. It's just, I think that it kind of bites me in the ass sometimes too, because, you know, I will shut the book on things. I'm so quick to be like, okay, you're not it. You were broken up. Mm -hmm. And I don't really give people a chance. So there is like a balance, you know, it's like when it gets hard, I immediately leave. Like my therapist told me this other day. She's like, it's so interesting because in all aspects of your life, like you do hard things, but when it comes to relationships, if one thing is hard or difficult, like you are jumping ship. Yeah. And I think that sometimes I'm too quick to shut the book and I'm just like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. And also like I haven't even, you know, if I do break up with someone, I don't take the time, like I said earlier, to sit with it and really feel my feelings and identify the things that I really loved about that person or the things that I was missing in that relationship. Yeah, I'm like the opposite. I do not jump ship. If anything, think about like Jack and Rose on the Titanic. Like I'm riding it out until I'm literally <laughs> laying on a door in the water with like nothing else to hold on to. I would be on a lifeboat <laughs> saying, see ya. Allie's on the first lifeboat alone, like just rowing her little <laughs> ass off. And I'm like on the door, like I don't want to let go. And everyone's like, let it go. But going off of that, <laughs> I have been, I think I've been in love maybe like, I would say twice, realistically, probably once. I obviously had like a high school boyfriend, but I've never really been like a boyfriend kind of girl. Like I have had some friends who like always had a boyfriend. It's like they break, they have one boyfriend, they break up, they get another one. Like, and they're they're like long-term committed relationships. I had a boyfriend in high school that I think I dated when I was like a freshman and maybe a sophomore and I didn't date anyone again until I was at Ole Miss. And I went into freshman year and I was like, I'm not dating anyone freshman year. I want to like experience all the things. I want to go to all the date parties. And then I ended up meeting someone my winter break of freshman year. So like going into spring semester freshman year. And I dated him for like almost two years. And it was just a really like, I think I talked about in the episode, just like a bad relationship. But at the time, I think I was so young. I thought, oh, like this is you know, I just, it, that relationship as terrible and traumatic and literally toxic as fuck. I think that I learned so many things from it that I now like have carried on throughout my life and like went into the people I've dated. And then I think like maybe after that, I may have like loved one person that I like, but I really didn't date him. So I don't know. I'm just like, I'm such a loving person. 
I get myself into such a pickle because I, well, if like this water bottle sitting next to me was talking to me and said, I love you, bird. I would say, oh my gosh, I love you. Like I literally love people so easily. You you love very hard, which is a really great quality. Great quality, but then damn, it hurts sometimes um, when you have to let them go. But I think like Justine brought up so many good points today. I'm just like, everyone who's been brought into your life, wrong time, wrong place, wrong person, whatever, like you really do learn from each partner and person. First of all, I don't think, I mean, I've been really lucky. I don't have any bad feelings towards any of my exes really. Like I haven't really had a super traumatic dating history and I, you know, wish them all the best, whatever. But I do also believe in meeting the right person at the wrong time. Like there are so many factors, yeah. you know? Yeah. I. What do you think about that? Like, do you think that there's more than one person for everyone? Oh, yes. I believe that there's not just one human being on this earth that you're meant to be with because think about it. You grow and evolve as, a, as you like maybe my 19-year-old self thought that this person was my forever one true love. But like looking back on it, as a, even as a 22-year-old, I'm like, ew, 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 no. But <laughs> I think that maybe like, I do. I, yeah, I agree with her. I do not believe there's one soulmate for you in the world. I think that there's like, it depends the point of life you're in, the kind of person you are. But I do believe being like, maybe the wrong people at the right time. Like I was like literally in love with someone before I moved to Hawaii. And I thought, you know, oh my gosh, like this is just the wrong time, blah, blah. And like looking back on it, even just a few months later, I'm like, no, it was actually just, you know, wasn't for me. And it, it's not the right time and not the right person. You know, when you're like walking down the street or like you just kind of like briefly encounter someone and you just feel this like strange connection and it's like, wait, I wonder if we really could have like hit it off. Yeah. Like at the airport, you're like, oh my God, we just fell in love right now. Like, I think I'm in love with that stranger. Yeah. I don't know. I think that this world just has so much love in it and there's so much love to be like had and shared. I just don't believe that you could only love one person your entire life. I've started to see like, okay, maybe, you know, you did date someone at one point and you, you know, you both really like loved each other, but it wasn't the right time. And then like, maybe it comes back around and you've both grown up and learned something about yourself and it is the right time. I know. I have like such issues with like, do people, I I wish I would have asked for this, but like, do people change? Because I, a hundred percent. And I mean, that is so true though, because like sometimes you're dating someone when you're like basically kids and they might grow up and like change but I do believe that there are some like deep-rooted psychological like problems that some people have that I think they might never grow out of if it's like a deep-rooted psychological problem then yeah they probably don't grow out of it but if it they're if they're like immature or you know need to grow up a little bit in different ways I think that's a whole different ballgame yeah the other day I was talking to Perry and I think that I might be toxic I really you yes because I just like Literally, my friends know this, y'all, but if you've ever talked to me for more than 20 minutes and we played Would You Rather, I've 100% asked you this question. I always ask my friends, I'm like, guys, would you rather break your arms and legs all at the same time (laughs) or go through a traumatic breakup? And my like last breakup was so traumatic to the point where I would willingly rather break (laughs) my both of my arms and both of my legs than have to go through that again. Like it was just... You know, it was so training and people who've not done that before, like you, Allie, people who have been in like very like, you know, healthy, civil, like amicable relationships have been like, you psychopath, who would want to break their arms and legs? 
But I'm telling you, <laughs> go through a breakup that's hard enough and you will gladly lay in the road and just let it happen because I don't know. And I think it's kind of put me in a bad spot now because I'm like the next person I want to date. I want to be so sure about it because I don't want to go through a breakup again. So I think that like the way people feel about relationships, it just depends on like what you've had happen to you in your past. You know? Yeah. Well, I just want to clarify. I probably have had some traumatic things, dramatic, upsetting, emotionally tumultuous things happen, but I'm really good at just blacking things out. Looking back on like hard things, like I think I just like forget about it. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've actually been talking to Trish, my therapist, um, about how one of my personality traits, I'm a type three on the Enneagram, the achiever. So I'm always like striving for more and better. And so that's been hard for me, like with relationships, because I'll meet someone that I really like, but I'm hesitant to go to fully jump into it because I'm like, well, if I'm with them, like, what if I'm missing out on someone else? But wait, can I, can I tell the story about the firefighter real quick about you? No. Uh, what if they're listening? He's never going to listen to this and he'll never ever hear this in his life, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, if you do hear this, like, I believe in your dreams, but I'm going to make this quick. Y'all, this is just how ruthless Allie is. So the other, like, not the other day, this is like probably a year ago. Years ago. Yeah, years ago. Okay, years ago. Not the other day. Years ago, Allie was going on a date with this guy and she was, I don't know how many dates you went on him, like just a few. It was very casual. And Allie asked him, she said, what is your dream job? Okay. Your dream job. I want everyone to think in their heads what your dream job is. Like, it's obviously not going to be, you know, a brain surgeon because I'd make a million dollars. And this poor man said firefighter. No, this poor man said, oh, probably a firefighter. And Allie never talked to him again because she said that wasn't a driven person. Look, I have no problem with firefighters and that wasn't the issue. It was a much deeper underlying issue because I had asked him the question and he was like, oh, I don't really know. And I'm like, the fact that you've given no thought to your dream job is a red flag. (laughs) So then I proceeded to go on and tell him all about Primp and like being CEO and like all this stuff that I've, you know, obviously thought about very intensely. And he's still like, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, I guess I'd be a firefighter. No, 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 no. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so heroic. You're going to save old people in fires. That's so sweet. And Allie's like, get out, kick to the curb. If he would have, if he would have passionately answered that from the beginning, like, you know what? I've always dreamt of being a firefighter, you know, just saving lives. Like that, you know, means a lot to me. I would have been like, great. Like, I'm so happy for you. But the hesitancy and not knowing, like that is a big red flag. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you ever want to date Allie, you better have a very thought-through answer and say it with passion and meaning. But, okay, wrap up this intro. Let's talk about our week real quick, and then we're going to go into this amazing interview. Hit me with your high and low. What kind of yoga did you do this week? Surprisingly, my high is not about yoga. On topic, I actually – this was a long week or a long weekend with MLK Day – um, I was at the beach with a boy and it was really fun. And that was my high. Wait, what the heck? I did not even I know. know. I haven't, I haven't told you anything oh. about it. <laughs> no, I know exactly who you're with, but like, what the heck? That makes a lot of sense because this whole weekend I kept saying, is Allie alive? Like, is Allie living? Did you tell mom and dad? Uh, I told mom. 
Okay. Well, that is crazy <laughs> because I was concerned on Saturday that you weren't even alive because I was getting no responses to my messages. So, wow, we'll have to discuss I'm that busy. later. All right. What's your low? <laughs> my low is coming back to a very snowy, icy Nashville after being on the beach in a bikini six hours prior. It's a real, real low. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Well, just in the spirit of time saving, I'll just run through it. My high was that my best friend Erica was in town. Um, she came on, she came a week ago and she left yesterday. Um, she was just visiting. We did so many fun things. Like we really had such a fun week together and it was just the best, like just the best visit. And I just loved having her here and I love her so much. And, um, we did a lot of fun activities, but I will just go off. My very favorite thing we did was we, my friend Jasmine, she, um, had an event on the North shore where she invited all the girls and we made hakulays, which is like the traditional, um, flower crowns that you'll see people wear in Hawaii. And she kind of just like taught us that like, you know, the meaning behind them, how to make them, how to, you know, the whole shebang. And it was just such a joyful day but all around like my trip with Erica was great my low is probably I would say maybe like some of the issues I'm having in my life right now with boys but that wasn't like fabulous but also um Erica leaving and then like I started back work today and that was like you know never never great after I've been on basically a two-month vacation free-for-all fun train so anyways but I'm grateful to get to work um and then going into what I'm excited about, I'm just excited about really grinding out now that I'm here, working on a lot of things I plan for the future, getting, you know, me, me and Perry have been in this like health journey, just eating really clean and working out. So just like a lot of things like, you know, self-care, self-improvement that I'm excited about. What about you? Same. I think I'm excited about all of that too, but I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to go to Chattanooga next weekend and visit one of my best friends, Stephanie. Um, I was in her wedding back in October. I think I I've love you, Stephanie. Before, but- if you're listening to um, this. I haven't seen her uh, since, I guess it was December. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Love that. Love that. Yeah, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, and I'm personally very excited for this episode. So wherever you are in your life, if you're having a heartbreak, if you are dating someone who's a love of your life, if you are a single boss lady or man, <laughs> this episode, I think will give you some kind of insight. And I think that we're all going to take a lot away from this. I know I sure did. Yeah. So Justine Falama is a dating coach. She just is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to relationships. And like you said, I think anyone is going to be able to benefit from this. So without further ado, let's welcome Justine to Go Call Your Sister. Well, Justine, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to talk with you. You know, dating is one of the topics that we've been getting asked about over and over again since we started the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every time we put a little question box up, like, what do you guys want to hear? Everyone was like, please talk about dating or like, I'm going through a terrible breakup. And so <laughs> we're just really thrilled that we could finally get you on today. So uh, I'm glad I can help. And yes, it's one of these topics. I feel like they, it never stops. <laughs> yes. It never stops. Well, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started as a dating expert. I think my journey started exactly seven years ago. January 2015 was kind of like uh, an embarrassing rap bottom moment. Um, that's just when I decided, okay, I need to figure this out. Something is going wrong. 
and I started kind of like a little bit on the celibacy side, just trying to figure out, okay, why do I keep experiencing horrible dating and relationship situations? Um, and then in 2017, I started a blog, which was supposed to be a travel blog, <laughs> but um, because my plans changed and I didn't travel like I planned to, I started just, you know, sharing my stories about dating. I was like, okay, what is this? <laughs> Anybody else can relate and uh, people could relate. Mm -hmm. So uh, 2017 is when I started, 2018, it kind of started taking off. And by 2019, I was receiving so many emails back then because it was a blog um, that I was like, okay, I can't just tell these women anything. I need to actually get, like actually know what I'm talking about. So why not look for a certificate? And um, yeah, I became a coach. <laughs> I love your accent. And we were talking oh, earlier. <laughs> we were talking earlier before, and I know you live in Mexico now. You're from Germany. Um, mm -hmm. Have you, did you always live in Germany before Mexico? Oh God, no. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Um, I pretty much left Germany for good in 2009. Um, I did move back in between for two years, but other than that, I have not lived in Germany since. So, and I've lived in the US where I think my, just like English comes from. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I've lived in a lot of different countries before Mexico. I was in Colombia and so on. <laughs> I love it. So you have experience with guys from all over. So if you're listening, that's a good thing, no matter where you are, uh, you know? Yes and yes. But unfortunately, I, I think American men are still the ones who give me the most headaches. Oh, great. <laughs> unfortunately. <Awesome>. Really? <laughs> Why is that? Um, I think it's just like kind of the men that I attract and that find me attractive, I guess. Um, but at the same time, yeah, have I dated here? I have, but I think it's very interesting to see the cultural differences, right? Like mm -hmm. every country has a little bit of a different dynamic and um, South American men are definitely very interesting. Yes. <laughs> What's been your favorite country to date men in? The, like I said, the love and hate relationship with American guys. <laughs> love oh, yeah. So I saw on your Instagram, um, on your links okay. in your bio that you have a quiz that tells you how yes. you can find the one. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, finding the one and like understanding the signs that someone is good for you and not good for you is a big thing, right? A lot of times we get so caught up in the, what we believe is a genuine connection, um, that we kind of ignore the red flags. Um, so this quiz is really just 50 questions to help you um, kind of check the boxes if this is really someone that you should be pursuing or that you should invest more time and more emotional stake in. Um, and I think now I would probably change the, the some of the questions just because so much of what I went through has changed and taught me better. But all in all, I feel like when you see the need to justify someone's behavior and makes excuses why they might not call, might not text, or might not um, introduce you to friends and family, then that's a bad sign. And I think what I realized over the past three years is that 
women's intention, and we know that, right? The female intention is very powerful. We know in our hearts and in our gut immediately if something is off, but we, we tend to talk ourselves out of it. And the reason why we do it is because we're not confident in ourselves, right? We think that, oh, maybe I'm just too needy, too clingy, too insecure. But at the end of the day, being in a healthy relationship, right, is being with someone where you can be completely yourself. So if you feel like you can trust your own gut instinct, that's a red flag that you don't believe the other person will accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that it's really true that you sometimes form connections with people and you just, and you kind of fantasize, like you make it better, better than it actually is. And you kind of turn them Mm -hmm. into a different person in your head. And then when you kind of step back and you say, no, like these are actually some things that I, I think are wrong. And I, I believe in gut instinct as well. So that's very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can't date potential. You have to date the person exactly where they are right Mm -hmm. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really big one, right? Um, Where we believe that, okay, if I just work uh, hard enough, if I just put, you know, my all into it, my love is the thing that will change him. My love is the thing that will turn him into the Prince Charming that I want. And I call that the beauty and the beast effect, right? It's this idea that his potential will come out if I just do the right things. If I, and that's when people, I think a lot of times seek me out, right? Because they find videos and quotes online where if you do this, a man will do this. So now we go down this rabbit hole of trying to be more feminine because we believe that that's going to get the man. Then we try to be more assertive because we believe that's going to get the man. Then we try to lower or raise our standards because we believe that that's going to get the man. But at the end of the day, like you said, if you feel like the guy you're dating right now <laughs> is not the guy you would like to marry in three, four, five years down the road, or even one year, then you're setting yourself up for a very, very bumpy ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was actually talking to a couple of friends about this today, but do you believe in meeting the right person at the wrong time? Oh, yeah. I've met him. (laughs) And yeah, I totally believe it. But um, I think first, before I go into detail with this, um, I don't believe into in one soulmate. So I think you can you can meet one right person at the wrong time. But to me, that is just a confirmation that that's not the right person. Right. Mm -hmm. So because I believe there are multiple right people, multiple soulmates out there, it means the one that isn't ready yet just isn't the one that's going to make the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, but I absolutely believe it. And I think I, I talk about it a lot on my, on my socials that uh, we, tend to stay, we tend to stay in relationships because we think, oh, he doesn't know what he wants now. He's not really sure about the type of relationship. Um, I can just wait it out, stick it out, all these things because he seems like the right person. But for some reason, he's just not ready yet, right? Mm-hmm. And I say you can do that <laughs> or you can take your, your talents to South Beach like LeBron did mm-hmm. <laughs> and just find the person that is ready for you right now, mm-hmm. right? And I've seen lots and lots of women do the opposite, wait it out and wait it out and wait it out. And at the end of the day, this person never got ready, 
Why? Because they never gave them a reason to get ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I love that. Mm-hmm. So how, what would be like the telltale signs of finding the right person? Like how, mm-hmm. how should you feel? Yeah. Oh, I love that you said feel because that's the, the most important part is that you want to feel safe and secure. So many women do not know that that is actually a very, very natural feeling that women need in a relationship, right? As much as we want to, we kind of want to deny our like human setup of being a woman that needs to be nurtured, protected, and provided for and all these things, we inherently as women desire to feel safe and secure in a relationship, right? Because of the type of natural position we have. So if you don't feel safe and secure, that's a big, big, big telltale sign, right? And a lot of times that will show itself just in feeling nervous, feeling anxious, feeling uncomfortable, right? Feeling like the other person's behavior is kind of making you doubt the whole relationship. Like Mm -hmm. a house of cards, any wrong move and everything is going to fall. So that is one thing. And then the other thing that I've now come to understand is you want to feel like yourself. And and I think the younger you are, the, the harder it is sometimes to understand what that means because it takes a really long time for people to grow into themselves, right? When you're in your early 20s, masking yourself to be like this kind of the the game we play, right? Because we're trying to find ourselves. So, you know, depending on where we live, what social settings we're part of, we kind of change who we are in order to adapt. But the older you get, and I'm 33 and (laughs) slowly but surely coming into myself, the more you realize, okay, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to be anyone else but myself. So the person that is eventually going to spend 24 hours with you per day needs to accept them. Um, It needs to accept you you the way you are, right? And that is a really, really big one. If you feel like you have to change who you are on any level in order to be in a relationship, that's a really, really big red flag. So you want to look for someone who makes you feel safe and secure and makes you feel at ease with who you are. Mm -hmm. I love that. I couldn't agree with that more. I totally love that. Yeah. (laughs) So – I think a lot of people listening to this, you know, might be in the process of, you know, people say talking or starting to date someone mm-hmm. and they're not really in a serious relationship. What would you say some major red flags are for like a first date? So you're going on a date for the first time. What are some red flags to pick up on? Yeah. So some red flags to pick up on on the first date is... And it it really depends because I think I find it hard to say red flags for first dates in general just because we might have different reasons why we are on a first date, right? So I'm going to talk from the perspective of someone who's looking for a serious relationship or just a long-term partner, right? Um, Red flags that I think are very, very common nowadays is that he is sharing with you that he is not on the same page as you. So for the women who are looking for serious and long-term, on the first day, he's saying, oh, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just browsing, casual, all these things, because this is your cue to say, okay, this is not the guy for me. 
Because what we do a lot of times, again, we overlook it. We're like, oh, it's okay. I don't know yet if I want this because we just met. He doesn't have to want me. But at the end of the day, what you then do is you start making excuses, which will lead to a dynamic where you keep continuing to make excuses. So that is one when you just off the bat can tell this person does not want the same thing as me. So rather than trying to change his mind, just pack your bags and go. Um, another thing is that you immediately feel a sense of he is, um, I don't want to say toxic because toxic has just been used so much, um, but he is kind of taking jabs at you. Um, I think that is another thing that I see a lot of women we have come to kind of accept is someone who just doesn't adore us. <laughs> and, and that is something, for example, for 2022, I'm not doing it. Like, if you want to be in my life, you have to adore me. I know it might sound shallow to some people and very full of myself, but um, a lot of times we think that, oh, no, like, you know, he's like the hot guy, the guy that everybody wants, the one that is hard to get. So he doesn't need to adore me, to show me, to have interest in me, to follow up and be consistent. So if on the first date you feel like, there are no compliments, no sense of someone is really interested, really likes you, um, then that's a red flag to me. And I think it should be to anyone who wants to be in a serious, committed relationship too, because that is a sign of health. Someone that truly is interested in you and truly likes you should not have a problem with showing it. Um, yeah, and then let me think if there's something on the first day that I mean it's it's a cliche but um the whole if he's rude to the waiter mm -hmm. right oh, um, yeah. yeah I think it's it's something that people say really like often because they feel like they have to mention it but I do believe that it has like a it shows you an underlying um sense of who the person is mm -hmm. right because it's going to take you months until you see him for who he really is. But it's because not like it's normal for us to put on, you know, our best behavior if we are trying to win someone over. But the waiter who he may never see in his life again will most likely immediately get the real him. So if you can see that the valet or the waiter or anyone um, you meet on the street, he's not really being, you know, like, genuinely nice or something or kind then that's a, a, a part of him he's showcasing that you should definitely pay attention to absolutely that's mm -hmm. such a good one that's such a good point yeah so do you think guys should pay for the first date Ooh, okay i <laughs> i feel like whenever this question comes up it's always like choose your words wisely <laughs> um yes <laughs> I do think so. <laughs> I do think so. But here's the thing. I believe that a guy should pay on the first date because I am a big believer that you shouldn't ask a man out on a first date. And I know the independent women might come for me. And I understand the idea that, you know what, um, as a woman, you can make the first move and you can. But again, whatever you introduce to the dating and relationship relationship early on is the dynamic you set for the rest of the relationship. What I see a lot of times happening is when a woman that leads with her masculine energy is the one to suggest the first date, suggest where they go, suggest to split the bill, 
she is actually the one convincing the guy to be with her. Because a man who wants to be with you, he's not going to wait for you to ask him out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to be very, very quick to make this clear. He's not going to let you pay because he's way too worried about what you would think of him if he made you pay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I believe it, it, like, I believe if you want a relationship where you are allowed to fall back into your feminine energy, where you are in a dynamic where he is taking action, because I know a lot of people feel uncomfortable with saying he's taking lead, but he's the one, right, taking action, being the man in the relationship, then absolutely he needs to pay on the first date. Because if he doesn't pay on the first date, it's probably a sign that he's not really feeling you. So he's totally comfortable with you feeling like he doesn't care. Mm. Yeah. So... What is the best way to deal with a breakup? You tell me now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I went through a breakup last year in summer. So it's been a big topic that I've been discussing. Um, and I don't think that there's a best way that is like universal. But there are a few tips that I think um, kind of can help anyone. And the best way to deal with it is by taking time to detox the relationship. And it's funny because it was actually my mentor who told me the same thing when I told her, I think two, three weeks later, we broke up. She was like, okay, cool. You have to detox him. (laughs) And I didn't get it at first, but I now understand. And with detox comes the very uncomfortable deleting messages. Stop following him on Instagram. Stop following his his siblings, his mama his aunt, right? His great uncle. Um, because you need to kind of flash him out and get to a point where you are, where you can see the relationship more objectively. And it can take months to get to that point, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, yes, healing from a breakup is, yes, is ups and downs. It's never straightforward, right? We go through the different stages of grief and we might go back and forth between stages for like months. But the best way to deal with it is really to detox first. Um, That way, after you've done that detox, you will know exactly, okay, what is it that I really want? Because a lot of times while we're going through a breakup, our brains go into survival mode. So they will tell us all the stories in order to get us back together, right? Back to the familiar. But that is not really what you want because it's kind of like just a uh, survival mechanism. But once you've detoxed from the person, you can see it way more like objectively and say, okay, this was a good relationship or this was a bad relationship or this is why we can't be together right now or never again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like in my past relationships, I haven't taken that time. Like I've just, my last big breakup, I just immediately went straight into something else Mm -hmm. and it was so quick that I didn't have that detox time. And then it wasn't until recently that I realized like I never actually grieved that relationship or even really thought much about it, you know? On the, oh yeah. On the flip side of that, Allie, I feel like my last breakup was almost like the opposite. Like I grieved it Mm -hmm. for so long that I started thinking like something is wrong with me like I this is taking so Mm -hmm. long to get over and that's when someone told me one time like 
it, there's no time frame on healing, you know, like your breakup is you're not going to get over it the same way that your best friend got over her breakup or your sister, you know, and I think that's important mm-hmm. to know too, because I feel like we all think, okay, I'll give it a month and then I'll feel better. And then I can find someone else. And sometimes I do think it takes, you know, a while because your heart's invested, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think I love that both of you had like t- totally different um, experiences because that that is the reality, right? Nobody heals like the next person. Um, what I can share is on both sides is like when it's it's all about coping mechanisms, right? It's all about how do you cope with the breakup, right? Some people will go straight into denial. That means they will start um, going out. They will start doing anything in order to distract themselves from the breakup right? And meaning they don't want to sit with the emotion. They don't want to sit down and think about the breakup because they're so overwhelmed by the pain they might feel that they immediately, let me go party. Let me meet with friends. Let me distract myself until Mm -hmm. they're so burned out from doing all that. And now they have to sit down and all those emotions come back rushing through. Mm -hmm. Or on the other hand, we get very comfortable in our, in the pain, So now we sit with it for too long. We fail to move forward, right? And I can Mm -hmm. speak from experience here because not this last breakup, but the breakup before, it took me a year to finally decide that I was done. Why? Because he got into a new relationship and I lost myself all over again. And I didn't even have a right to be upset because we had broke up a year before, right? So that's when you realize, okay, I kind of never dealt with it because... I was so comfortable being sad and upset that I didn't make the effort to really understand, okay, where can I own this breakup so that I can move forward? Mm, I love that. Well, jumping around a little bit, going off of that, Mm -hmm. what advice would you have for someone who has gone through a breakup? Maybe it was a while back and they haven't moved on, but maybe their, you know, ex-partner has. Mm. Oh God, first of all, I'm so sorry if this is what you're going through. It's painful. But again, um, I think the most important thing is, have you done the detox, right? The most important thing is that uh, do the detox, no matter if it seems like the partner moved on two weeks later, because that happens. A lot of men, they don't deal with the pain of the breakup right away, they go straight into distraction mode. So a lot of times they would get into a relationship really quickly, which then ends in a rebound relationship. Um, but also if the person moved on months or years later, you want to know if you have done the detox, because if you've done the detox, you will most likely not be as disturbed by it. But if you haven't, that's when, like I did, you have this whole new maggot meltdown. So the best way is to really not follow up with the person, not keep in touch with the person, and truly focus on what it is you have going on in your life so that you have a sense of hope, what the future holds for yourself. Yes. And then so after you detox, what would be that next step? Mm-hmm. After you detox, the next step is to, honestly to build up your life again. A lot of times what I see is that we will allow a breakup to break down our lives. So instead of 
you know, now focusing on the areas where we can control and we can make sure that they give us all the joy and happiness, we kind of let go, right? Um, we, we don't follow up with our passions anymore. We don't go for the promotion that we really wanted. We don't check in with friends and family. So the next step is really to immerse yourself in your life again, um, especially if you came out of a relationship where you kind of lost yourself. You want to get back to, okay, what did I like doing before I got into that relationship? And you will see that a lot of the things you like doing before the relationship, you might actually have neglected while you were in the relationship. And by doing that, you are able to put yourself in a position again where you actually have this sense of worth, self-worth and self-esteem that will give you this, this confidence to enter the dating space again. I love that. Mm. So on the flip side, we've talked about how to deal with, you know, a breakup. How, what are your advice? What is your advice for how to break up with someone? Because I think it's the hardest thing that people have to do. And sometimes you just know that you need to do it, but it's, it's just so difficult. Ooh, okay. That is um, a question I don't think I've ever answered. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so my, hmm. I mean, as much as, you know, I I am upset about what happened in my past relationship, even though I'm kind of over it, um, I think the way we he broke up was pretty good, right? It's being honest about what you want for your life. Because one of the things that is very important to me in my work is that um, I help women understand that just because you want something, it doesn't mean that the other person wants the same as you. So if you are on the flip side and you're the person, okay, I don't think this is for me. I want to break up. You have to be honest, right? And really sit someone down and allow them to choose if they want to be with you or not in a sense of like not stringing them along. And I know that a lot of times the reason why we don't want to break up is either because we're scared we won't find someone better. So we just stay or because we're scared to hurt this person. But you have to know that if you are not happy in the relationship, the other person can already sense it. So there's no point in delaying what needs to be done because the other person is probably already anxious and wondering what's going on because you have subconsciously starting to distance yourself, to pull away. Maybe you're more frustrated and irritated when they're around. Maybe you're not as emotionally vulnerable anymore as you used to be. And we can feel this, right, on a subconscious level. And that is the most painful part. So if you are planning to break up with someone, the best way to do it, honestly, is by scheduling a talk. Um, I am a big believer in having weekly check-ins, but if you don't, don't do weekly check-ins, then at least give the person a heads up, right? Say, hey, I really would like to talk to you about something that has been going through my mind. How does Thursday or Sunday work for you? Sound to you. That way this person can already, I know it, everybody listening to is probably getting really anxious, <laughs> but um, unfortunately the, the anxiety comes with it, but at least they know, okay, something is coming so that they don't feel like they've been run over uh, by a truck when this announcement comes. And another thing that is really important is don't start sabotaging by looking for a reason to break up. If you don't have a legitimate reason to break up, just say it. Just be comfortable with saying, 
I don't feel like this relationship is for me and I do not want to keep delaying something that I feel like is inevitable. So I am breaking up. And then once you say this, if you're open for it, then allow this person to have another check-in like a day or two later. Like I said, it's all about not making the other person feel dismissed because once you make another person feel dismissed, for them, that's when they spiral into self-doubt, right? So if you really want to make sure that this is a amicably safe breakup for them that doesn't that doesn't like traumatize them as much, <laughs> I would say um, it could be a like a few days process, right? You announce it on a Thursday. You say, hey, can we sit down on Sunday? On Sunday, you say that I want to break up. Don't backtrack. Say it with your chest. <laughs> I want to break up because I don't feel like this is for me and there's nothing you you have to do or should have done to change this and then say let me know if you need time to think and then we can sit down not to change your mind later but just so that this person now has had time to think about the relationship I've been in relationships before where one I think I loved the attention and the friendship because Mm -hmm. I've viewed them as my best friend or like a best friend to me. And so I knew that I wasn't in a situation that was really meant for me, but I just didn't want to lose, you know, that comfortability, Mm -hmm. you know? And so when it finally came time to break up or like in the past, I've kind of said, oh, I think we should, you know, just take a break. And because I was just scared to cut it off completely, but really in my heart, I knew Mm -hmm. that it needed to be done for good. So I think the most important thing that I've learned, at least from being in those situations, is just like, when you feel that, it doesn't need to be a break. It doesn't need to be, you know, some time apart, just Mm -hmm. end it, you know, because it ends up hurting the least in the end, I believe. Absolutely. And I think when you break up with someone, it's so important to distance yourself from them and not, you know, let's take a break. And like, I've unfollowed all of my ex-boyfriends on Instagram immediately after we broke up. I just couldn't, you just have to kind of close that chapter, you know, and move on. It's hard to stay in contact with someone while you're both trying to move Allie, on. Allie Absolutely. is definitely the more um, like <laughs> savage breakup person. She's like, cut it off, never <laughs> speak to them again, block their mom, block their dad. And I'm like, they're good people. They're good people. But, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, I, have, I have slowly turned into the person that, that is able to do that. Um, because like I said, I just went through a situation where – I was so hung up for so long. So I was like, I'm not doing this again. This mm-hmm. time I am just done. Absolutely. I'm done. With that. <laughs> I've had this happen to me in my past, but what are your feelings on what to do if you've been cheated on? I've been in a relationship mm-hmm. before where I knew mm-hmm. I was being cheated on and I was kind of dating a manipulative person who would mm-hmm. basically trick me into staying with them um, when I knew in my heart we should be broken up. What would you give like, oh, advice mm-hmm. to someone who knows that things are going on or su- suspects possibly? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think this is a really tough one, right? Because I all, I'm a very big proponent of owning your, your part by saying, okay, how could I have done it differently, right? And I think being in a relationship with someone who knows what to say 
to make you stay is very, very hard. It's very, very, um, yeah, scary to a point, right? So I think when you know or when you pers- like you, you kind of think it's happening, the best thing you can do is to truly ask yourself, why am I staying? And there's something that I do with my clients where I just say it's like a why, why analysis, right? Where we ask so many whys until we get to the bottom of why, <laughs> of why we're doing what we're doing. And what you will see a lot of times, and I don't know, Sarah, if that was the same for you, but a lot of times the reason why you stay in a situation like this is because you think that this is the best you can do. And why do you think that? It's because you don't believe that, I don't know, maybe you're attractive enough to get someone different. Maybe you are smart enough to get someone different, right? Um, In my case, a lot of times I felt like the attractiveness, right? Back in the day, that was my thing. I would stay with people that I knew weren't treating me right, but just because I was like, oh, well, this is the best I can do. So I might as well just take it. Um, So really going into yourself. And if you realize, okay, there's some type of like self-esteem, self-worth issue, then the next step is to, I would say, I think the easiest part is probably to talk to someone that is really, really close to you and not from a perspective of, look what he's doing to me, but more of, okay, this is the situation I'm in and I do feel like I'm in it because I don't have the strength to be on my own. Um, Uh, obviously, right, if you can, you get a coach or a therapist to help you through, to walk you through. But I do believe in accountability partners, which can be your sister, your cousin, your best friend, someone who will actually kind of be your support system as you make the decision, like your cheerleader, because um, I personally have someone very, very close to me who was in a domestically abusive relationship. And she needed us to support her in her decision because her own thoughts were kept telling her that she was making the wrong decision, right? So we needed to remind her that she was allowed to leave her marriage. And it took her, I think, three years. Yeah. Yeah. When you're in a situation and you know your partner is doing things that are Mm -hmm. bad or, you know, something that is wrong enough where you're afraid to tell your friends and family because you don't want (laughs) them to maybe think less of them. You don't want them to think that you're like dumb for staying. I feel like looking Mm -hmm. back on it, when I was in a situation that I like felt as though I couldn't tell anyone about, that should have been the biggest red flag for me. Because if I can't tell the people who are closest to me, then I shouldn't be in that situation to begin with. But I think looking back, you know, people are young, they get scared they yeah. don't want to damage people's opinions on their partner in case they do decide to stay with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and it is a lot of shame. I think it's it's underlying shame that I, I, I don't want to make this decision. So I don't want to share it with people because then they will think that I am stupid for, for not doing it, right? And I see it especially in in people who have friends that are not judgmental, but maybe very direct, right? Everybody has this this friend in their friendship circle who is, she's the no bullshit friend. She doesn't take bullshit from men. She doesn't take bullshit from anyone. So you're kind of scared 
to tell her the truth because you know she her opinion is the truest but will also be the one that you are the most resistant to um so that's why obviously if you can work with a professional that is neutral and will be able to support you no matter what decision you make but um if you can't then find a friend that you that that truly is is like the most vulnerable the one that you can be the most vulnerable with and it might not even be your your like bestie it might be a friend that you know just shows up and is is calm and is accepting and loving and you know Mm -hmm. it's not going to judge you so i feel like this is tricky especially with covid and everything that's been going on but what is in your opinion the best way to meet people and what are your thoughts on online dating yeah so you're right with covid it is a little bit more tricky but i don't want to give covid too much too much um what's it called like just authority here because i do i do believe that whatever you believe is possible for you is possible for you right mm-hmm. um meaning that I've seen people who have met perfectly amazing men (laughs) during COVID. (laughs) Um, And I believe in general, the best way to meet someone is through mutual friend. Again, it's a cliche and it feels like that is, that is like a thing that people did back in the old days, (laughs) but it is through mutual friends because you have kind of a, um, a built in security system, but also a built in, okay, is this person legit, right? Um, Because you know who introduced you to them or if they didn't introduce you, at least you can check in with them and ask, okay, what do you think about this person? And I don't know about you, but I am very, very uh, honest to my girlfriends or women that ask me about the men in my life. I'm like, straight up, nope, he's a fuckboy. Yep, he's a good guy. (laughs) Right? Um, So I think that is the best way. Um, Then I do um, believe in online dating, though. Um, I do believe in online dating because I do think, like, despite COVID, it's been the, it was the newest and most effective way just to meet new people because that, if you're from a smaller town, let's say you're from a smaller town, that friendship circuit can actually be really small, meaning that you might not have anyone that they can introduce you to anymore, right? Because you've met all their work friends, you've met all their college friends and all these things. So now you're basically just enlarging your um, circle by going on online dating apps. One thing that I do tell people though, is that leverage the men that you meet on online dating apps. When you realize that at the guy you went on one date with or just talked to briefly, it's not completely your cup of tea. Don't be afraid to make them part of your larger circle so that you can now tap into his circle. Um, What I mean by that is that like a lot of times (laughs) I use online dating apps just to meet people in, in general. Because as a a woman traveling by myself, right, for years, I've noticed that it was a lot of times easier to make male friends because they had an ulterior motive than it was to meet female friends. So what I would do, I would like kiki with them on the dating app and then meet up with them for like a very casual drink where I would immediately show them that I'm only interested like on a friendship basis. And what ended up happening a lot of times, now they bring me around to the other friends, (laughs) 
<laughs> and now I can tap into their circle. So a lot of times I say, don't be afraid to leverage somebody else's circle. Um, that way you are just enlarging that pool that you can choose from. But I do believe in online dating and I do think that everybody should use it if they're serious about meeting someone. You can't wait for the milkman to be your husband. I agree. I, or the Amazon guy. Living, yeah. living in Hawaii, I have so many friends because a lot of people move out here, you know, completely mm -hmm. solo. I have so many friends who have met mm -hmm. guy friends on Tinder or Bumble or Hinge who oh, mm -hmm. may, they never ended up dating, but they became <clears throat> best friends with. Mm -hmm. And then you get to, so it is such a great way to meet people. And I think that in my yeah. head, I had a very negative connotation for dating apps. I kind of thought, oh, if you're on a dating app, you can't meet anyone in real life. But that's just not how we're rolling these days. And I think that a lot of people yeah. are starting to realize that. Yeah. And I think we have to, like, obviously, like, dating apps can be very, like, exhausting because it just feels like you're having the same conversation over and over and over again. But here, that's when this power of being confident and being direct comes in. If you tell a man straight up, I'm not interested, a lot of times they be very, will be very respectful and won't have a problem with it. And that's why, especially if you're living in like places like Hawaii or Playa del Carmen, Mexico, where I am, because we're all traveling to alone, we're still open to hang out because we're like, well, we might not, you know, hit it off romantically, but do you still want to co-work tomorrow? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how we roll. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so I think that is the end of the um, of the relationship questions that we had, but we do like Ooh. to end. Thank you so much. Those were amazing. I, I really yeah, think man. I've learned a lot listening to that. I feel like we covered so many yeah, topics. I love it. I really it. do think that too. Yeah. We like to we really end the podcast with two things. So the first one is, um, what is a mantra or, you know, words of affirmation, something that you are currently living by right now mm -hmm. in your day-to-day -day life? The best mantra is that you can manifest the life of your dreams mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. you believe that it's possible. Absolutely. Yes, we are big manifestors yeah. here, so totally agree. That's crazy how manifesting yeah. is t gets tied into almost every single episode that we do because it is so true. <laughs> but I guess kind of going off that quickly, do you believe that you can manifest your dream partner? Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what is important here is that when you say manifesting your dream partner, it's not that he's going to drop out of the sky the next day it's just being so aligned with the idea of what you want in a in a man that you are calling in the right person and you're not being distracted by anyone who might pop up on the sidelines mm -hmm. that's what i believe manifesting your partner really is is being so hyper aware of what you want that when you see it you it immediately clicks do you recommend making a list of all the qualities? Uh, so that is actually something that I do recommend, but um, it's very specific the way I do it with my clients because um, a lot of times when we're younger, the way we think of this list is he needs to be six, six. He needs <laughs> to make six figures and he needs to have a six pack, right? <laughs> but we don't think about, okay, 
how does this person make me feel? So I make, I have my clients make a list of how do you want to feel in the relationship? How do you want your relationship to make you feel? And now from there, we make the list. So my lists usually look more like I want to feel valued in my relationship. That translates to a guy that tells me that I'm beautiful, that checks in with me every day. Someone that is, you know, not hard to get. Or I want to feel, um, I want to feel safe in a relationship, right? That translates to a guy that will ask for a commitment really early on. Because what happens a lot of times, right, is that we get into these wonky relationships or dating situations where three months later, you're still having the what are we, are we conversation. Mm -hmm. I am a big list maker and I've always made lists. Mm -hmm. And it's funny to look back now on the list that I made, you know, when I was in my early 20s, because like you mm -hmm. said, it has changed and my old ones yeah. look a lot like the ones you described. And <laughs> right. more recently, they've become more about how I feel and more intangible qualities. So I, I think yeah. that's a really great tool. Yeah. And also just kind of like um, when we have these lists, a lot of times it's it's good to really unpack, right? Because um, I'm from Germany and I never felt the need to consider six figures as a qualifier for a man because Germany is, is very different from the U.S. in terms of economy and how we live. So a lot of us never see six figures, but we're living very, very healthy, abundant lives. So if you're German and you put six figures on your, on your list, it's really just a vanity metric. But if you're American, you might have a really good reason why you're putting six figures on your list because there's so many more factors to, to consider, right? In Germany, I have three years maternity leave. So I don't need to worry about money when I have a child, while a woman in the U.S. might have to worry about money because she's like, okay, if I'm out of the workforce for a year, will my husband be able to provide for us on a 50K, you know, on a 50K uh, check per year, or does he really need 100K? Yeah, I think a list just helps you get really clear on what you want. And I think it's important yeah. to dig into, you know, okay, why do you want this? Because you, like you said, you might put down is in great shape, but then it's like, okay, well, why does that matter? And then you start digging into it right. deeper and you're like, okay, because I know if he's going to take care of himself, he's going to take care of me and, you know, so on. And mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the last thing that we like to end each podcast on is a would you rather question. <laughs> so this week's is kind of a two-part. Um, would you rather go on a date with a fictional TV show character or a fictional book character? Yeah, go on what? Go on a date? Go on a date mm -hmm. with a fictional Ooh. TV show character or book character. I'll go first because I've obviously given this mm -hmm. a lot of thought, so I'll let you guys think on it. <laughs> um, and Bird, I know you're going to make fun of the way I'm going to answer this, but I have several answers. Okay. <laughs> so my fictional TV show answers are Jamie from Outlander or Casey from Yellowstone. Love both of those shows. Um, and then my book character would be Gatsby from The Great Gatsby. It's one of my favorite Ooh. books. And I think a really fun date would just be having champagne and partying with Gatsby. And <laughs> I think I'm going to go with my book character. I love that. Mm. So I'm thinking, um, 
Uh, let's see. Um, this is, oh, okay. So if I had to go with a movie character, just or like a TV character, just as of right now, because of what I've been watching, I think I would pick Rip from Yellowstone, which is not my mm-hmm. type whatsoever in any like way, shape, or form. But I just feel like going on a date with him would be so amazing. And he's just one of my favorite characters. And then book character. I was also thinking about Gatsby when you told me this question, just because I just love that time period. Um, Let me think. Yeah, I think I would either have to pick Gatsby with you, Allie, or... um, it's funny how we both chose similar characters, yet we have the opposite yeah, types. Yeah, we really do. I don't know. I think I'd have to go with Rip from Yellowstone, just because I feel like that would just be an amazing date. You could and- go sunset horseback riding. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. This is going to sound so weird, but I don't really read a lot of fictional books. Um. <laughs> And I currently am watching Harry Potter again. So I'm like, would I go on a date with Harry Potter? I think I would. That would be a magical date. Why not? (laughs) So I think when it comes to books, that would be my pick. um, Because I feel like he was like my teenage love. And I always like, I was really upset at my parents. I was like, why do we not live in England? I want to be part of the cast. So I feel like, yeah, I would think on a date with Harry Potter. So, in a, shout out to Daniel. Ray. I've yes. actually been rewatching Harry Potter too, so totally feel you on that. <laughs> yeah, I watched Harry Potter on the plane ride back to Hawaii, so we've all been. But in a, in a contrast, my childhood mm-hmm. crush was Taylor Lautner from um, Twilight, and I did read those books, wow. and I was like, a, he was the first like I think boy I've ever like fictionally loved so maybe him too because he's just Mm -hmm. you know my big crush but (laughs) anyways well thank you so much for joining us and for giving (laughs) us some insight and some clarity I think that this episode will it's helped me a ton just in my life um currently and I I just think it's so relevant for everyone. Yeah, I think this episode hit on like a little bit of everything. <laughs> if you're dealing with any kind of boy issue, I hope we've semi-touched on it this episode. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Justine. I'm so happy that we got to talk thank with you, you and meet you. And we are so excited to just keep following you yes. and um, taking in as much as your advice as we can. <laughs> Yes, thank you so, so much for reaching out. I, really I am, appreciate it. I just want to add this in. I'm a huge fan of your Instagram. I love your videos and your content. Like, I, It's so crazy. It's kind of like TikTok because when I need to hear something, I'll pull up my Instagram feed and it's like, mm-hmm. boom, you posted a video right about it. And I'm like, <laughs> is she reading my mind? So we will definitely tag your Instagram in the show notes so everyone can go follow you and kind of Yay. join your little community because it's awesome. amazing and I just admire it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I definitely, yeah, <laughs> I think on my on my Instagram, I sometimes give tough love. It's needed. We need it sometimes. Place of love. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye.